Watch the motivation of your heart to be very careful that your good is not publicly promoted for your good, but more or less is for the kingdom good. Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to your daily dose. Continue on the subject for the month. I need more money. Why? Our why should be to benefit others. With that, we're challenging all listeners to join us in our Caring is Sharing campaign. If this broadcast has blessed you, bless someone else by sharing it with at least three or more of your people you care about. Please open your ears and your heart to hear what has been prescribed to you on your midday dose with your host, Dr. Day. Well, God bless you on this beautiful day that God has offered to you and I. And we hope and pray that you are giving God the glory and the praise that is so rightfully due him. We hope and pray you have been intentional about your life today to give God uh, his uh, kingdom diligence and being faithful to the call that is within Christ Jesus. It is also our prayer that you've made God smile in some form or fashion, that you've walked the earth and you've resisted the uh, temptation of the devil and given in to the will of God. This is Paul Day with another one of your daily uh, dose. We hope and pray that this Thursday is finding you in in the peace that is only found in Christ Jesus. So we are wrapping up our financial month of discussing I need more money. Here's your key word. Why? Why do you need more money? We have tried to push the, uh, the uh, theological point that God is not interested in giving you more for you to have more. God is interested in giving you more for you to share more. The generous life is the kingdom life. That you can actually measure the uh, length of your spiritual growth by the length of your spiritual generosity. Being generous with the stewardship of what God has given us is a key uh, to a successful spiritual walk here on earth. And as we have discussed over the last two or three weeks, it is storing up treasure in the heavenly realm. Uh, by the way, by the way, we are generous with the offerings that God has given us. So over the last two or three weeks, we've talked about planning the money that God is giving you, budgeting the money God is giving you, investing the money God is giving you, and giving to individuals who are in need, or even ministries, or even uh, orphanages, or, or whatever, women's shelters, whatever you find a helpful place to do the kingdom of God's business, uh, we pray that you invest in those areas. So we've been all over the Bible. We've been in Joshua chapter 7. We've also been in Matthew, I mean Luke chapter 16. We have uh, dabbled in Matthew chapter 6. And through all of this, you, you and I have found out that Jesus spends most of his time discussing uh, money. Why? Because he says, I can trace your heart by tracing your finances. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. So this uh, week, we want to kind of 
go a little deeper into the process of understanding uh, God's purpose for our lives. And we can find that in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33. And that's kind of a text we have been looking at all this uh, month. And it's a familiar text of Matthew six thirty-three, which says, but seek God first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be added unto you. It seems like uh, the, the writer is summing up a statement that was previous to here is the summation of the whole matter. Here's the summation of the whole matter. So it seems like he's saying, okay, if you're having trouble understanding all of this, do this. Meaning, seek the kingdom of God, live right, and the stuff that occupies our mind will be added unto you. Wouldn't that be beautiful that if you can have a focus on the kingdom and eternal life, it will make this life more productive. So if I can always live every day thinking about the end, it will make the present more pleasant. If I can wake up in the morning saying, God, thank you for this day. Let me use this day to fulfill the purpose you have for my end, then my present will be more productive. And that's the whole thrust of what we're uh, trying to um, deal with this this month. The why should be the kingdom of God. Why do I need more money? I need it so I can help more people to find the king, to to understand the will that God has on their life. So with that being said, um, that when we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33, before we can get to seek the kingdom of God and live right, there are some things that Jesus deals with in this text that I think are very important. He first teaches us how to be quiet. Then he teaches us how to be focused. Then he discusses how to be calm. And then he uh, he ends this text with an idea that we all struggle with, how to be a seeker. He starts off by saying, "We, you and I have to learn how to be quiet, be focused, be calm, and be a seeker. I'm going to run over this real quick because I want you to get it. He starts off by saying, be very careful when you become a generous person. Don't become a loud, generous person. He says in Matthew chapter six, verse number one, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father, which is in heaven. He is actually uh, uh, discussing that when we help and when we do good, stop the motivation of your heart to put your good on Facebook. Watch the motivation of your heart to be very careful that your good is not publicly promoted for your good, but more or less is for the kingdom good. So he's actually suggesting if you do good to be seen, there's no reward when you need it. Okay. Uh, if I'm helping the poor and I'm doing it so other people can see me help the poor, then I get my reward down here on earth. 
I don't want to get my reward down here on earth because I'm going to need credit for that reward when I get to heaven. So it's actually the adage, don't let your left hand see what your right hand is doing. Or don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. That's not a actual piece. That is actually a statement that says that your good should be done so secretly that what you do secretly, the, the God of heaven will reward openly. So first of all, he says, be quiet. Do it because God has quietly been good to you. He woke you up this morning. That wasn't announced. He fed you. That wasn't announced. He he provided you a roof over your head. That wasn't publicly announced. He does it because he knows how to take care of his children. So if he does his blessings every day, that his mercies are new every morning, then you do your good work off of the good work he's provided for you quietly. You do your good, generous work quietly. And then what you do in secret, God will reward openly. Let me flip that back around. Maybe if you're doing it secretly, that's why you are being rewarded openly. But uh, Jesus goes on and says, not only do you need to be quiet in your generosity, he says you ought to be focused in your purpose. He gives a statement that says, the eye, in verse number 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness. This light this eye that is referenced to by Jesus goes back kind of to verses um, verses number uh, one through verse number four is dealing with not the physical eye, but the motives of the heart. If your motives are flawed, your whole intentions are flawed. That's why David says, God created me a clean heart that I might be able to see that you got to remember, God is not just looking at our actions. God is always looking at our heart. So first of all, some of us, before we do generous work, we need to do work on our motives. Why do you do good? Not for God to give you more. Why do you do good? Not for God to uh, um, to expand your borders. You do good because God is good. And everything that you have that has been received from God is good. So you ought to do good because you've received good. How do I know that, that you've received good? Because I know what the Bible says. For God so loved the world. What did he do? He did good by giving his only begotten son. And since he has done good towards me, it is time for me to do good towards humanity. So I have to check Paul's motives, my motives, and I struggle there. I, I don't mind being honest and transparent. I struggle. Sometimes my motives are flawed. And, and the reason I wrestle with my motives is because I know my God knows my heart. So I don't just say, well, I'm, I'm tricking others or I am, uh, I got everyone duped or I got everyone confused. No, I'm not trying to convince people. I deal with an audience of one. I deal with an audience of one. And when you deal with an audience of one, a God, that makes your motives be checked in everything you do. So it's still good to do good, but I want to get credit for my good. It's almost like uh, having a Discover card and uh, you have a Visa card and all of your credit is on Discover, but you keep paying Visa. I don't want to do good and not get credit for it. 
That means I want in the heavenly realm, not here on earth, but in the heavenly realm, because my motives are right, my eyes are right, my heart is right, and my intentions are right, I do right, and I get credit for my right. Now, a lot of us struggle with being generous because we worry about money. It is said if a person lives to 75 years old, 50 years of their life is worried about finances and money. We, we, we have people right now who are worried that uh, with all of the war that's going on, that there's going to be a cyber attack on uh, the banking system and we might not be able to access uh, money. Well, you got to go back to the word of God. If the word of God is your foundation, you have to go back. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. So regardless what the world's darkness tries to do. It can never apprehend the spirit of light. My God is in charge of everything. So that helps me to be calm. In the process of being calm is a, a issue what Jesus deals with when he says, therefore, when you know God has done good towards you, you can be calm by not worrying about your money, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to... Now think about how much of your day is worried about breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and how much of your day is worried about your wardrobe? Imagine if you remove that. I'm, I'm not saying don't comb your hair, don't coordinate. I'm not, I'm, I still think you ought to put your mushroom in a lining and match your mushroom belt. I, I believe all of that should still coincide. Y'all remember coordinate. You remember coordinate. Uh, I got to, Marcus, I got to coordinate on boomerang. I'm not saying that you look raggedy or tacky, but I'm saying don't let that stuff occupy your mind. If something new is out there, let it because I don't want to get new and I don't do what God has told me to do. So why have a new belt and don't have a good relationship with Jesus? Why have a new purse and don't and not generous with the blessings I have already received? So what Jesus does, he starts off by saying, be quiet with your benevolence. Be focused with your motives of your benevolence. And then don't feel like, in verses 25 through 32 of Matthew 6, that your benevolence is going to make you lose. He says, and Luke, he says, if you worry, how would that add a day onto your life? Or how would that remove or add a gray hair? There's nothing wearing does but put you in the grave earlier. I believe that if his mercies are new every morning, God has an expiration date on today's blessing because he is preparing some new blessings for me tomorrow. That's why the children of Israel had to enjoy what's known as daily bread. It was manna. Manna actually means in the Hebrew, what is this? Because they were eating something that they didn't know what it is, but what they were eating gave them substance and gave them energy and gave them vitality. So they had to go every day to get that daily bread to survive for that day. That's what my God is. My God is still daily bread. He is going to take care of us. I know this is not a recipe for not being concerned, but when you turn your concern into worry, you start questioning if God is in control. If I take my concern, I'm concerned about my wife. I'm concerned about my son, Blake. I'm concerned about world affairs. I'm some concerned about Russia and Ukraine and Russia and America and Russia and China. I'm concerned about 
uh, social justice. I'm concerned about uh, the health of my mother and the health of my mother-in-law and the, our families and my brothers and sisters-in-law. I, all of that is a concern, but I never transfer my concern to worry because when I start worrying, it's almost questioning the strength and the power of my God. Because if I'm worrying, I'm actually saying God can't do what he said he will do. So what he sums us up with, he said, if you concentrate on being a seeker, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and live right and all these other things shall be added unto you. When you become a seeker, being quiet, being focused and being calm will now come into view. If I'm Focus on the kingdom of God. What does it mean being focused on the kingdom of God? Focus on going to heaven. Focus on living with Christ forevermore. Focus on that one objective of making heaven my home. It creates in me a generous spirit. It creates in me a quiet spirit. It creates in me a singular focus of my motives are about the kingdom of God. But it also creates in me a calm, a peace that passes all understanding. And then with that, because I want to go to heaven, it requires me to be righteous, to live right. Now the stuff that I'm normally worried about shall be added unto me. God has you. Do you have it so he can have you more? I, I really want this culture that we live in to be a more generous culture. Love one another. Encourage one another. And it's, I'm not always talking about money, but I can tell if your money is wrong, then your heart is wrong. If your money is wrong, then your time is wrong. I, you can you can tell a, a lot about a person by how they handle their finances. And that's why God talks about it more than any other uh, version of the Bible. That's why he deals with um, finances over 2,000 times. Is more than talking about prayer. Is more than talking about going to heaven. Is more than talking about the church. He deals with money more than any other. Why? Because if we're not um, careful, it will consume our lives. I'm starting to live by the principle of Proverbs chapter 30. This dude by the name of Agar is the only place in the Bible that he is mentioned. And in uh, Proverbs, he mentions God, give me two requests. Give me two requests in his prayer pattern. He says, don't let me be a liar. God, don't give me so much money that I doubt I need you or don't let me be so poor that I start stealing and act like you can't take care of my needs. And that's kind of where I am. That's verse number seven, eight and nine of Proverbs 30. That's why God, you got me. You've had me. I'm 47 years old. And I believe if you let me live 47 more years, I am in the perfect peace or perfect will of God. And if I lose some stuff still, like Job said, blessed be the name of God. How do I become a generous person? Plan your money. Plan to be generous. Budget your money. Do you need that? Do you need that? Can I take off one of my Roku's? Can I take off one of my uh, Netflix? Can I take off one of my Hulu's and put that $5 towards being more, more benevolent to other individuals? When you become intentional, you are responding to the intentionality of what God has always been. Be intentional in the will of God, and God will bless you exceedingly abundantly, more than you're able to ever do or even imagine. 
because he's that type of God. Can we pray together? Can we join together? God, help us to be intentional with our finances. God, help us to be intentional with our purpose. God, help us to be intentional with the stewardship of what you provided for us. Help us to be more uh, focused in our motives. Help us to be more intentional in our peace, but also help us to be more calm in our worrying so that we can be seekers for your uh, kingdom. Thank you for being better to us than we would ever, ever, ever know how to be to ourselves. In your son's name, we do pray. And all who believe say, amen. All right. Next Thursday, if the Lord gives us life and he doesn't come pick us up to take us to be with him on the mothership, we can't wait to talk to you again next week to discuss how we can be better kingdom citizens for a kingdom purpose. This has been your host, Paul Denton. We praise God for you. And remember here at Old Gardens, we do life together. There's no place like this place. So you want to be in the place where God will reveal his face. All right. So if you are in Dallas area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at 815 or 1015. Or if you're globally, you can watch us online or restream one of our services at 1015. Until next time, hey, go do something to make God smile because we are his children. May God bless you and keep you is our prayer. That is all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to Midday Dose with your doctor, Dr. Day. Tune in next week for your prescribed daily dose. Don't forget to like us on any platform you're listening to this podcast on. Connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, and TikTok. Remember, share this with at least three or more people you care about. And at Oak Gardens, we do life together.